0: Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto, blockchain, and web 3.0 space. Our mission is simple, to share knowledge, facilitate discourse, and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals, decentralization solutions, and relevant use cases for today's digital economy. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements, nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Zadar, and now let's talk blockchain. So before I introduce our guest today, I have a couple of brief updates for our community. We invite everyone to join us on Twitter Spaces, where we pre stream each episode the day before it goes public on all major podcast platforms. For the platform list, visit our website, blockchainrecorded.com. We also have an NFT program with blockchain recorded community NFTs. These can be claimed from our homepage. So check us out, visit our website, and follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for updates and potential airdrops. This episode is dedicated to the Web3 Stronger Together ecosystem initiative and its first virtual summit, which took place between March 1st and March 4th, 2023 in Evelyn's Metaverse, a virtual platform uniting several hundred Web3 leaders and thinkers, over 100 projects and speakers, and over 5,000 attendees from across the world. The purpose of Web3 Stronger Together, with which Blockchain Recorded is a proud media partner, is to demonstrate to the crypto community that the Web3 ecosystem is strong, solidary, active, and committed to furthering innovation despite the status of the market, and nature of price speculations. It emphasizes the importance of fairness, inclusivity, diversity, and sustainability to furthering healthy Web3 fundamentals. The summit included many panel discussions with assigned topics, which Blockchain Recorded is redistributing in audio form. The fifth panel discussion on March 1st covered the topic of gamifying the Metaverse with respect to virtual events and conferences. The speakers were Sonia Sadatasan, an XR AR VR designer and founder of Upworlds. Charlene Nichols, a longtime eye care expert and founder of Omniverse City and Optical Metaverse. And Celine Loon, founder of Loon Family Company and XR Eventist Initiative. The panel first speaks about how the way we communicate has changed drastically with the emergence of different digital realities. The speakers further brainstorm what gamification and the metaverse can bring, such as the elimination of manipulative marketing tactics and redefining brand strategies. The lack of retention in new technologies was identified as a current problem that gamification could solve in addition to other ideas and thoughts. The following is the panel's discussion hosted by Laurent Perello, the leader behind the Web3 Stronger Together ecosystem initiative. We do apologize for potential audio drops due to choppy internet connections. We edited the recording to the best of our ability.
1: Welcome for this uh, fifth panel discussion. I'm really glad to uh, host Sonia, Selen, and uh, Charlene. Welcome. Uh, you know, one of my uh, main motivation while uh, launching web 3 together is to promote and demonstrate what uh, equality and the diversity is all about not just uh, a marketing speech it's not uh, greenwashing it's uh, for me it's uh, a behavior in my business since now uh, 28 years in my personal life and i'm really glad to host you first uh, each one will introduce let's introduce yourself sonia you can
2: start sure. my name hi everyone uh my name is Sonia. Uh, I've been in the um my I have a background of a product design for about eleven years. and then I started diving in into XR about four years ago this was actually in the window of like right before covid so actually when covid hit it felt like okay maybe i'm in the right path so it, it was like that as it, as hard it is for everybody and since that i've been trying to try different things and because of my background, background in design and of course like when i went into it the first thing that i wanted to do is also like to extend my uh, like my horizon in XR like how do I design in, like a XR experience, a virtual event, um, a little bit of gamification and everything from this I actually got the chance to build a small community called Upwalls. and this is where like we have all the like we call them builders from different social platforms in our discord and this is actually where we connect them with clients, with brand, with um, with anybody actually is like uh, from different companies. And what we see is like uh, like some of the people who are looking into building like digital twins. And so we connect them with like the people within our community to allow them to shift their supposedly physical events or physical business supposedly into virtual reality. I, I myself, like uh, I'm a creator. I've been trying to use like XR, including VR, MR, and AR. To, to build the bridge. So that, that's about me.
1: Welcome, Selenna.
2: Yes,
3: and uh, thank you, much. Thank you so much for inviting me and uh, so great to meet you all. And uh, yeah, I'm Selen Lun. I'm from Istanbul. Actually, my background is from theater and acting. I'm an actor, like about 15 years. Uh, but my relation with XR technologies is coming from 2018 and uh, coming from my interest on like, how can I perform on virtual reality? Like, what are the limits? What can we discover on that area? Because I was all, also very interested in with the technologies and, um, you know, upcoming digital changes. And I was also a very hardcore gamer kid. So with the pandemic, my, uh, mostly my, all of my work grounds has closed and uh, like theater, like studios and so many things got closed. So I had more time to really dive into, uh, games and XR industry. And, uh, I started to work as, um, event coordinator, also event organizer, producer and, Right now, I have an initiative called XR Eventist, and it started like a year and a half ago as an Instagram account, but now like it's going into a virtual events production on virtual reality. So I'm very excited and uh, also I'm also going hand in hand with the game industry and uh, I was um, a volunteer for the Gamefed Turkey a gamification community. I'm also the founder of uh, Lumfilm Company, which is uh, founded in 2017 to bring up all that I do uh, on fields of uh, theater, and performance art, you know, games now and XR technologies. So for me, everything is like a big puzzle, and it's like pieces are coming together. So when I try to tell, it's kind of hard. not easy what's going on like with all of that but yeah when we come together and have a chance to talk with you like you people like then we are finding our meeting points because eventually everything is
4: connected so thank you so much for inviting me again
1: thanks to you charlene welcome
4: Well, thank you so much. My name is Charlene Nichols. Um, I am, you know, I started my career 20 years in the eye care industry, became a real expert and student in all things related to, you know, making eyeglasses, selling eyeglasses, working with the people that, you know, make this industry really great. I resigned after, you know, Two decades of serving my industry because i just saw too many gaps in the market with technology i kind of started saying recently that the giants of this industry they, they were very successful they won and um, what they succeeded at was completely keeping any new fresh idea from emerging in this industry at all because if you think about um you know your vision it's probably one of the most important gifts that you can have and if the people who are helping you to see better um, they don't have the technology to live in today's you know day and age I mean so many people are buying glasses online and they're like they, there's so many uh, amazing ways that we can make that experience better whether it be virtual trial on virtual measurement, even a virtual eye check to make sure that your prescription hasn't changed and being able to connect with your doctors to telemedicine these are all things that that you know should be happening now and they're happening on such a smaller scale but um you know six and a half seven years ago i i saw this coming like a freight train so i resigned from my industry to get down in the trenches face to face with just local eye, eye doctors opticians and saying you know like how can we help you to sell classes other than physical because the world is just not moving towards a migration towards physical they're moving towards a migration towards digital and towards um virtual and i was i was actually saying we're going to build virtual optical shops in like 2016. And it sounded crazy back then. I'm sure people thought I was absolutely out of my mind to be saying this. I believe in partnerships and collaborations. So I, I knew back then that I was never going to be able to develop the skill to build VR and AR technologies. But I knew that was key component. So, um, I partnered with this amazing, amazing developer who was had 20 years in developing VR as of 2016. So here today, um, you know, he's almost three decades building VR and AR. That tells you how long the tool he was building it with flash. <laughs> okay. So that tells you how long this technology has been there. And he, he adopted me. Um, he couldn't bring his product to market. You know, he didn't have the sales and marketing, you know, tools and in the industry at the time, the people weren't listening and um today we have a metaverse so flash forward to today i've taken everything that i've learned i've I incorporated virtual events like you said selen and i just fought for what i believed in but it it became you know towards the last two or three years less about the opticians and optometrists and more about the end user because what i realized is you were not really embracing technology in the last seven years if you're not on social media if you're not digitally connected you're missing a key um, component of communication you're literally disconnected you don't understand the needs of Tunis community and there's so many legacy local businesses in this position i don't think they realize they're in this position and i don't think it's intentional i think it's just you go in every day you're in your four walls you do your thing um and i think what we're doing with you know sessions like this are really important because we keep hearing this technology's not here it's five years ten years from now and i think we all know that's just simply not true so thank you for having me today
1: F- thanks, to, f- thanks to you, uh, we have started to uh, circle around the, our uh, today topic: uh, a and, and the metaverse, a new frontier for virtual events and, and conference like uh, today, like Web3 Stormed together. Uh, we are cooperating with EveLand we aim to bring a real metaverse venue. Uh, for now, we are still uh, building it. It's it's, it's, a, it's a long way. I, I'm curious to hear uh, how uh, the metaverse will change and uh, this industry and what kind of experience we we can uh, expect
4: we want to start well i'll just i'll just say this shortly and then give the floor up um when we started building we had a simple goal it was build a virtual convention center that looks real then we realized we mastered that very quickly with tools like Unreal Engine 5. Unreal Engine 5 was only about 60 days old when we started building our world. And I remember I watched the Matrix clip, and I'm like, oh, "This is what we can build." And I'm like, "All right." And I have this amazing team, so I'm just like, "Can we do this?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right." Can we build New York City? Like, this is the first city behind me. They're like, "Sure." Can we have avatars that you know represent who people are? Absolutely. Can we have NPC models that are modeling different eyewear? You know. And can I, you know, recall a model and say, hey, can you change those glasses? I want to see this pair on you or that pair on you. And then can I try them on myself? I think I think the answer to your question, Laurent, is only limited by the imagination. And the great news is with people who are building today, they're facilitating that imagination to breathe so that we can envision the future because it really, truly is limitless. That's just my two cents. Thanks, Sonia. Well,
2: for me um i guess i will speak based on like a couple of plus projects that i was holding i think one of the most interesting one would be i have this one client supposedly that he is looking to getting a new mm, how how do i say this like reaching a new market segmentation which is the generation z and so these are the people that are currently uh, doesn't actually go to the bookstore they buy everything online and and everything. So there's a lot of like local businesses here in Barcelona that are kind of they're like they're not there yet. They have an online store, but but that's it. And everything like for Gen Z is all about like um experience. Like for example, in Charlene's case, like um, if people can actually like try this um virtual glasses like from social media, like from all of this, this kind of thing like push them to buy more than just seeing them like in the website so my client actually came to me like with the same things like okay i want to build like a like a scavenger hunt uh, that would make people would walk around the city find different things and eventually can go into the bookstore and to to, to find a certain clue to f- uh in order to exchange it with a book so they are kind of using a gamification to let's say pokemon go <laughs> they're using pokemon go concept to uh reach out this new target market and so initially when i kind of like um uh, took that projects like i started building them and i thought like this is a nice project like uh, um like I, I have fun like building them and everything in the middle of that when, I, when that project was going on uh, i was reached out by another person who kind of had the same idea but for a different like product like altogether. and so i kind of like thought like okay does everybody kind of think right now that gamification is actually a way to um to to gain New market, or the question is like, is that the only language that Gen Z <laughs> respond to? <laughs> so,
1: this is a question. This is a question. You're right. Selene?
3: I mean, yeah, Sonia, like you, you really pinpoint a uh, good, good, good point because like, I think the gamification is kind of the way we, I mean, how we express ourselves in this, Right now, like this way, kind of new era, like because, um, not only for Gen Z, but because of the way, way of how we, um, changed our way of communication with ourselves in the last 10 years with the social media and all of the, uh, developments on how we use web. Because I'm from, like, let's say I'm not Gen Z. Okay. I'm, I'm from eighties. I'm a nineties kid. So I see the whole way. <laughs> I see the whole story, like how it all started. I'm in the very beginning, not in the. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years. I see the horizon. <laughs> I see the sunrise. You know, <laughs> and because you know, I was just a kid, like you know, rolling cassettes and listening to. Walk- so. Right now we are on, we have VR, we have virtual reality, we have augmented reality, we have mixed reality, we have all kinds of realities. But what does that mean for any person like totally don't get anything or the person who thinks that like, oh, you know, I don't get anything. Actually like the, for example, like the phones that we use, like we are already there, like this is not future. The thing that we talk, the thing that we say, like the concept of metaverse is not the future. Like, I think what I want to see and what I want to, um, spread around the world of people is like, we are already here and we are always making this together. So everyone is part of that. Like, um, when I talk with a person about NFTs or Web3 or blockchain or virtual reality, Like if, if we are talking about uh lack of knowledge, I mean, this is like, this is uh coverable, like you can just go and Google everything and you can just read, but the thing that we are having is right now is like the way of communication, because I'm also, you know, I, I told you like, I'm also doing events, organizing events, working with communities. So the way of communication has totally changed, I mean. Like, I I talk Turkish, English is my second language, right? So, I see in every language the change is very, very big and wide. And the languages that we know like 20 years ago, like, okay, if I say this phone, this is a phone, okay, we got it. But the way we talk with each other and the way we express ourselves with the language is so different right now. And... This is um, this is a big part of digi- digital change, and you know I don't want to say that word, but kind of a revolution. Like, yeah. So I I think I I kind of answered your question, or did I? Did I? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's inspiring and uh, really interesting. What kind of new experience uh, do you think uh, metaverse could bring in terms of events or conference? I mean, in real life events. If I talk about uh, our web-free industry, it's mostly in Western countries, Asia, but I mean, let's say, uh, privileged countries. And when it comes to the the cost, I I will not give some name, but it can cost 1,000 euros or dollars to to, to attend to such events. And pretending to talk about uh, inclusivity, um, having this kind of... uh, For me, it's, it's strange. What I see really uh, fascinating, exciting, it's a, a way to offer a way to onboard each one everywhere. For sure, you need having a good internet connection uh, still. And time to time, uh, like we discussed uh, in the previous uh, panel, it's it's a challenge. We were talking about Africa and capitals yeah. now. It's, it's mostly not a problem anymore, but you go uh, 10 kilometers in the countryside and you don't have uh, any uh, any network. But seeing this at least opportunity for now uh, before it, it will become a, a reality and a, a normality, letting away to each one everywhere, joining at the same moment for a concert, for in the movie theater, uh, a conference, exposition, whatever, everyone being able to join at the same time from everywhere And with or without an an avatar, being yourself or being someone else, for me, it's really uh, exciting just to think about. And I'm really excited to have a... Do you think about what it could be, what it will be, uh, what kind of experience we could bring to to everyone who wants to share your point of view?
4: Well, if I could just, uh, Laurent, I want to touch on a few things that you said. And as um, Salim was talking, you know, there were a couple points that came to mind. And, it, you know, when we were doing virtual events, we were doing them back in 2017, pre-COVID. People did not know how to be synchronous at all. And you're exactly right. That synchronous experience is really important. I fought two and a half years to try to get people synchronous. I think I maxed out at like 50, um, even during COVID. And when we launched this before the metaverse, this is just with virtual events like AirMeet, stuff like that. Back during COVID, oh, I'm sorry, back during when we launched the optical metaverse, which was just October of last year, I fought for that synchronous connection. And I also fought for people to come in a 2.5 experience and then move into the the metaverse experience because i wanted to kind of push them forward these this is a a word that most of these people had never heard before and i was trying to get them to go there and create an avatar and i did gamify the whole thing i and and i let them know okay this is what you're going to gain by taking step one two three four and i and i think the most important message about gamification right now is that thank god the world of cookies and algorithms controlling us are pretty much done um, I think that this younger generation th- is not going to allow themselves to be controlled by manipulative marketing. If you're going to be marketing in this era, you have got to be able to really understand your audience. And the great thing about gamification is nobody's going to play for a game that they don't want to play or, or to win a prize that isn't interesting to them. So it's going to be it's going to really require brands to understand what motivates the people who are playing these games. Because at the end of the day, it's there's a goal with the game you either want to engage your audience you want to build a good you know idea about your brand you want to get them to take advantage of offers that you have but these are all alternatives to what we used to do which is just okay you typed in the word shoes i'm just going to follow you everywhere and show you tons of shoes um i think this new era of gamification is going to really make the customer experience so much more enjoyable for everyone sonia
2: well for me i think um and maybe i'm thinking like um like a designer of mine probably but i feel like from from like my my own glasses everybody is kind of like excited about this new technology i mean it's not exactly new but it's like this emerging technology everybody is kind of excited with that and everybody is super up in terms of uh trying them being there like you said like being being able to feel that you are there at the same time with everybody so it seems like um, I did a little bit of a brainstorming, like with um, some of like um, like a couple of my clients who have like um, like like an event platforms, uh, productivity platforms, how to bring people to work into the metaverse. So we did a lot of like design thinking, and then uh, while we're doing design thinking, then uh, from what we saw, that it seems like the issue might not be to how to get people to try this because people are there; they want to try it but i think what could we focus on in the in the future i guess it would be the retention because that's what's missing at the moment like the retention is missing is gamification is one of the way probably probably gamification could be one of the way to get retention through challenges through virtual badges um one of the people that i was talking to was i don't know if you guys know this platform kundo this this platform focus on uh getting people to build like their virtual resume supposedly it's like this so you will have all your data all your uh, achievement it's like linkedin but in blockchain supposedly and so they made like a virtual event recently and then they were like okay how do we make a dif- how do we make a differentiation between like other virtual events that people are doing with our virtual events how do we even like start people to want to talk to each other and the idea that we come up with was like okay why don't we make a virtual badges it's a little bit of a gamification you choose what you like what you um where do you come from so we are using like their demographic their hobby their liking to actually grant them a virtual badges it's a part of a gamification but at the end we start seeing people walking into this oh for example i it was me and then i see charlene with the same badges like uh she's i like cooking i like cooking too And then they started forming a group, like, uh, and then we saw that it was like, it's amazing how gamification can do. So, yeah, I guess to summarize, up, I think it would be nice if like more and more brand platforms like would focus on like how to get that redemption.
1: Uh, You know, I regularly discuss with uh, big corporations, big brands, and they are all trying to explore what is the best use case. And I used to, to say, in fact, there is no best use case it's all about experimenting we are still at what I call a prehistoric stage and it's up to us it's it, it based on of the limitation of our imagination and also the way um, you know what what we try to to uh, to share or through uh, web 3 stronger to be initiative it's also about humanistic behavior and also proposing uh, not only uh, you know a, a new technical innovation, but also a new way to interact with each other. Uh, where, uh, for me, a peer-to-peer means one equal one, one equal one, equal one, equal one, and oh, uh, through this web-free ecosystem, through what we are all together building, we can also try to experiment a new way to interact, a, a new way to uh, also really give a chance to each one, everyone, everywhere, and how we redefined our let's say core uh, system of values you know not only being t- constantly focused on the pure technical innovation but also saying okay i start for from scratch i forget everything and i try to to implement things i don't yes uh, go, go on some...
2: i think it's a, it's a it's a really nice way of putting it like uh it, it's like reimagining how one would connect with how to one interact with the other. I think it would be one of like a really good uh, aspect of like how to make this virtual uh, events like successful.
1: Celine, you want to say something?
2: Yeah, I mean,
3: but sorry, my dog. Uh, uh,
1: no, no worries.
3: Okay, so the thing
4: is, oh sorry. <laughs> okay, you can go on. I'm just Shannon. Okay. You know, Laurent. Um. And I'll just give them a very simple example of this, because don't forget, you have different people that have different um, adoption rates of technology. And I know I harp on that, but that's because the majority of my audience is not integrated with Web 2. I call them Web (laughs) 0, let alone Web 3. I created a new Web 0. And you have to know who you're dealing with, because if you create a game, I found that people get really panicky if like, They feel like they're supposed to be doing something and they can't do it. I feel that there's this thing, this click fear that people are afraid to click something. I feel like they're going to like they're afraid they're going to enter the room like as a naked avatar or something. They're like, can I click that button? It's a it's a a button. Click it. Then you're not going to break anything. They're like, what's going to happen when I click it? Like setting those expectations for people that aren't used to navigating through the stuff is so important. But, you know, I observed something so simple and so basic um, several shows ago because we have a leaderboard. And it lets people kind of compete against each other. And then they can see very clearly how they get that. And it could be just connecting with somebody, visiting a vendor, learning about a product. There's like 50 different ways that they can earn points. And people say, how do I earn points? And I show them. And when you think about it, it's letting them understand the behaviors that they can do that will help them to earn points. Um, we're going to be introducing something in the omniverse city called evo this is going to be an in-game currency that we're going to allow to have value through our amazing partnerships with companies like metakeep and ePayments outside of the platform through gift cards but we're doing this because we want people to understand how gamification relates to currency without the fear factor of really dealing with real money or even crypto so we're, we're actually taking gamification you know, kind of like when you play with money and with Monopoly, it's like, okay, if I lost a million dollars, I'm not crying over it, right? But if it was real life, <laughs> we'd be like in a bad situation. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see how people behave with a digital currency that doesn't have so many, so many risks to it. Um, and I'm sure there's other platforms doing that, but I think to your point earlier about how do we like evolve? It's just giving people an opportunity to show you like these new behaviors because i don't i don't think people have really had audiences large audiences have really had the opportunity to show us what they want to do in these spaces there hasn't been enough you know i think i mean i was speaking to my um provider that gives you know we we do um pixel streaming we use gpus for that they said if you have 500 concurrent users that's a lot think about that 500 to any other sponsor would be like 500 people. What the hell is that? I go to these shows with 50,000 people. But when you think about it, how many of those 50,000 people do you actually touch? And I'll leave on this point. Redefining success is so important. I don't even let people talk to me. Client says, how much traffic do you get? I say, we're going to talk about new metrics, okay? Because that's not how this works here. (laughs) It's not about how many impressions and how much traffic do you get. How many people are coming? How engaged are they? And very much to Sonia's point, I love what you said how likely is it that they're going to come back? Thank you, Laurent.
1: Thank you. Céline?
4: Yeah, I
3: was going to tell about, like, on the last two years, like, actually, since pandemic, in in 2020, like, the uh, percentage of the companies that are asking for the gamification companies or, you know, communities is raised above, like, in... I don't know the actual number, like, but it's kind of tripled, not doubled, but tripled. It was like, you know, all the, and from very different branches. Like, uh, for example, a supermarket is coming to the gamification community and coming and telling like, Hey, would you, would you like to make us an app? So we tend to give this to our. You know, uh, employers and, uh, they can play this. So they, it would improve their workforce and, you know, it would improve our work. So it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, and right now, like, especially in, uh, as far as I know, in Turkey, every supermarket has some kind of an app for their employers. So people are collecting you know collecting some kind of coins or some kind of badges or you know playing some kind of games and like recently i once i was in the market and i saw like that two employers are you know playing with each other and and you know they're feeling like they're obliged kind of they must do it so again the, the companies are kind of using this tool, using gamification as a way of, you know, improving the work and, you know, making people more happy or, you know, more satisfied with the work. But still, if you just go go to your employee and tell them like, hey, you have to play this game, you know, you have to play this game. So it's, 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 you know, we're in the very beginning. Like, but I believe what I believe is like, Right now, we also see and witness so many, um, so many big companies are kind of uh, dismissing people uh, in the big amounts of people, like like two thousand employees, or five thousand employees, fifteen thousand employees. This is not just because the economy is bad. Economy is bad, but also this is because uh, because of AI, because of also people not very kind of encouraged about going and working for a company for the rest of their lives right now with the web in general like people are very aware that they can do a few things together and they don't have to work for a company for the rest of their lives and this is only because web and internet is giving us that kind of crazy opportunities to you know work online and work remote and do what we want to do so i think this is very important and again and, and gamification again is going to be more much more important and and i think everything's going to be gamified somehow <laughs> like it seems like that i don't know
1: i would like to uh, ask you a last uh, question before closing this uh, really interesting uh, panel. I promise you for the next uh, summit, we will have a longer time for each one because it's a bit uh, frustrating to be forced to uh, limit our uh, debate. Um, I do agree that gamification is is, uh, potentially a great way to engage people and retain people. Uh, But what if it could be also something uh, different than just uh, giving them some potential value, token or whatever, but more focus on, uh, let's say, uh, humanistic values and, and, and behavior. How can we introduce this in gamification? In your point of
3: view, uh,
1: I assume I, so I don't uh, get I, any clear answer. The, the no, reason
3: why I, I, I can I start with you. that because this is also what I'm very focused on right now, especially you know after the big earthquake in Turkey. Like I I. I started to think like, you know, all the technology and all we have, all our sources and opportunities, if they're not centered in the benefits of human nature. And, uh, like you said, inclusivity, like inclusivity is like right now, like a buzzword, like everyone is talking and every company has to talk in some way, but what I see is not inclusive, like I don't see inclusivity yet, but we will see hopefully. But so I was thinking like how can we bring up more accessibility for the communities for the countries for the old people and how can we help each other about making the sleep of fate with the technology because right now accessibility is a big 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 issue and most of the people especially in creative industries because us also I'm coming from creative industries so like if you ask a dancer like if they want to perform in virtual reality or on stage they of course they will choose a stage but because they don't have the experience of virtual reality and virtual stages and you know all that technology that they hardly reject because they think they don't have a source to put money on it like they, they If when they, when they come to mind about like, you know, I can't buy a headset, I can't buy this computer, which is very strong to help me develop something on blockchain or something like, so they, they're just, they, they just choose to reject this. And I understand this, but as long as we keep some people out of the game in the technology race, like we will never gonna be inclusive or. You know, we will never going to be democratic. Like, you know, because if some people with some kind of a money is developing the web three blockchain, NFTs, all that cryptocurrencies and stuff, this is already happening. And I'm sure like everyone is going to have a wallet this year or next year. I don't know. Like probably like my father is almost 70 years old now. And still he is like, no, I don't want to get into this, but I'm sure he's going to get a wallet this year or next year because someone is going to go to him and tell him like, you know what? We don't do physical anymore. You know, you have to buy this with the crypto, you know, and you have to collect some Ethereum or something? So he will, will come to an understanding, like a forced understanding, like, oh, I have to do this now. Like this is a new currency. Okay. You know, like, I mean. Everyone is going to come to a term of usage, but the main idea is how can we do this, uh, in the more democratic way? Like, because the usage of money is abused by the, you know, so-called 1% of the world, and they're not even 1%. They're lesser, like that's people with the, you know, big, big monies, like, like literally it's crazy, but the, the gap is, gap gap is so big you know the the gap between the poor and the rich is incredible like some people are dying because of cocaine some people are dying because of um hunger so i i hope i i really hope and i am really volunteer to work on this like this this new age with the digital help us to uh bring out more you know more and um, democratic and um, kind of equal i mean nothing is equal i understand that, but this is i mean I still believe it can be more democratic and uh kind of more equal like of course it's it's very individu it's it seems very individualistic, but this is politic so like, you know, we have seen like during the uh, last year, during the, um, the, how can I say the war between Russia and Ukraine, like Zelensky asked people to donate them with the Ethereum. So it was like a point of a big break, like, because like also like during that earthquake, uh, in, in Turkey, like the NGOs started to ask people to donate them with Ethereum. So I think we're already there and we're already using all this, but a navigation and also some kind of, some kind of a sense and understanding is missing. Like we don't see why it's as good and most of the people don't see why it can be more democratic than what we already had back in the day. So. I, I, I choose to believe that we can we can really improve our physical lives or, you know, uh, I, I, our... I, oh, sorry, sorry, say I I talked...
1: No, 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 Celine, yeah. so I, I uh, clearly uh, share your, your, your vision and your hope. I really do okay. think that we can change the, the, the world with a real humanistic and uh, long-term oriented uh, purpose through uh, w- Web3 in technical innovation. And as I used to say, I say it again and again, uh, first, it's humans building for humans. You know, uh, innovation, it's not uh, god. We are constantly defying de- uh, innovation. I-, I think we should come back to the roots. And the reason why we have launched Web responded together to, to try also to spread uh, different uh, point of view and uh, thinking and uh, putting uh, human v- values at the center, uh, being a human centric. Sonia, a last word before we we close this uh, interesting discussion.
2: Sure, I guess when it comes to like uh, humanistic value, like what you asked, I um, it, it's funny because it happens today. I was talking to uh, somebody and then she was mentioning about like okay, there is nothing like doing a like a remote collaboration is very different than doing like a physical collaboration, and nothing will be able to replace that. And it was not such a great day. Uh, like it was not such a great moment of discussion because I thought, like, no, I didn't buy this, not for little. But to be honest, like, listening to everybody here, it makes me realize maybe that's the trial and error that we have to do. That maybe that uh, the human. I'm so sorry. The humanistic value that we can build through this virtual event is actually like how do we trial and error to build like a better collaboration for people, for uh, teammates, for uh, how do we build empathy? How do we recognize each other's achievement through this virtual event that is like designed to acknowledge like people and eventually like uh, whether we like it or not, like all these are here to stay. So it's like how do we like push the boundaries i guess like whenever we're doing like this virtual events how do we push the boundaries to make like me know who Lauren is like just like if we are in the same room we are working
4: together that makes me think about that
1: yeah thank you charlene
4: Yes, I'll keep this short and sweet because I know we're running over and I'll leave it with a use case. And it was something that just happened because I, like Sonia said, I just keep exploring and um, on the heels of our optical metaverse event, which is, again, the first um ever in our industry's history that everybody, anybody had even heard the term metaverse and we were launching the first ever optical metaverse um i had a little doctor 40 years practicing come to me and say do you think that this metaverse idea can help me with my um, platform which is children and vision development it was a nonprofit, and i said all right let's go let's find something that people are interested they want to get behind and um it wasn't really about preserving Children's vision that wasn't what got people motivated, which is unfortunate, but we did find a, a, a sweet spot and that was actually esports and gamification. When we started talking to esports players about how improving their vision can make them do better, all of a sudden they were excited and we had an event um two weeks ago where we brought esports players to a stage where they were able to talk directly to optometrists and explain to them what they need and now they're going to be working with my entire industry, frame manufacturers, lens manufacturers, labs, everyone to develop something that we're going to call vSports which is like vision sports and we're going to use esports gamers to help us embrace you know, selling eyewear at events, teaching um you know people about their vision you know creating um fundraising campaigns that show thermometers for different earmarked objectives so people can like really contribute to something that they believe in and see that money being put to good use it was um you know these are all variations of gamification it's like very clearly explaining what the goal is how you can participate and how you can win that's the basics of it and i think when people think of gamification they visualize a game Roblox, Fortnite, you know, something like that. But we really have to just open up our imagination to the mechanics of gaming and understand that it could be really anything you want it to be. So thank you for having me. This was so much fun.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. I could keep uh, discussing with you. Uh, It's really inspiring. I'm really glad uh, to create this kind of magic moment. It's a beginning. I say it again. Let's keep reading together and uh, try to experiment and to contribute to improve uh, our current society and world for each one, everyone and everywhere. Thank you uh, Sonia, thank you Charlene, thank you Céline and uh, see you soon, bye bye.
0: Thanks again to our guests and thank you everyone for listening. Thanks also to the Bariam music team for providing their music. You can check them out on bariammusic.com. All of the supporting information is on our website, blockchainrecorded.com. You can listen to us on Google, Apple, and Amazon podcasts, as well as on YouTube, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube, where we are super grateful for your support. Stay tuned for our next episode.